Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Hey, Shelby. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's happening? What's popping? How you feeling? Like, I'm sorry that wasn't enthusiastic, but I ain't got it today. (laughs) Well, I really don't know how I'm feeling, to be honest. Um, just a lot is going on in the world, as you know. So I guess yeah. I would say my yeah. feeling would be kind of overwhelmed and saddened at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still trying to deal and push through like my personal everyday life, but also just everything that's going on right now is just impacting me harder than I could even imagine so that was heavy but that's that's honestly how I'm feeling what about you I would say for me like I feel pretty much exactly how you feel but I feel like for the first time in a long time like Mm -hmm. I'm just not okay you know like if we're honest, like, COVID was already a lot, you know, just being, you know, not being able to interact with your friends, having a disease going around, losing people, not being able to have human interaction with people, but it's something about, specifically, if we're, you know, just going to be honest, like, we both know that Black people have been getting killed for years and decades and centuries, like, before we were born, you know, but it's something about the killing of George Floyd that really just lit a match in America and ever since it happened like it's twofold like I'm so I'm so saddened that a man had to die for people to get this angry and upset and outraged like he's a human being first and foremost there's nothing that you can do to justify his killing because he's right. a human you know but at the same time it's like you know it woke people up and to me like I hope that this, I hope people don't see this as a trend. I hope this continues to be of movement because at this point in my life, I was thinking about it like this. At this point in my life, how people react to this, especially people that are not black, is personal for me. So if I unfollow you and I stop talking to you and I don't want anything to do with you, this is personal because you can't be on the fence about this. Either you're with us and you're doing your part and you're an ally and you're an active ally or you're not and excuse my language and I don't want to feel two ways about it um so let me try to get through my thoughts without sounding kind of angry (laughs) um one of them is for the Black Lives Matter movement has always been a movement this incident with George Floyd like you said was just ignited like we're we're done like this is this is too much too too far um but I feel like some like okay first of all let me say I appreciate how much some big brands and corporations are bringing awareness to Black Lives Matter and like siding with Black Lives Matter but also I do feel like some companies are using it as a trend. I really honestly feel that way. And it's like, 
I appreciate some yeah. of these companies saying, you know, we stand in solidarity with the black community. Well, I feel you on that, but what are you going to do about it? Are you going to hire us in your executive positions? Are you going to hire us in your yeah. creative department? So like uh, brands like uh, Prada and Gucci don't all of a sudden put blackface out there like that incident has happened to us before. Like things like that. Like to me, yeah. that would be showing that you stand in solidarity, not just releasing a press release statement because you don't want to be the only company to um, look, not look bad. You know what I mean? Because for me personally, I've been on several yeah. job interviews that the person interviewing just you just switch up when you see that I'm walking in as a black woman. You know what I mean? Or are you? When you see that when you fill yeah. out a job application, they want you to fill out your um, race. Are you selecting black? Are you selecting woman? Yeah. And if you do, when you get there, it's a totally different game and mindset. So it's like, okay, on the outside, you want to say, oh, this company, yeah, we stand with black people. Okay, but where are black people when I walk into your company? Type of thing. So that's what I mean about some. Yeah. I feel like some people are using it as a trend, um, and I just hate that. Um, just like when people want to highlight yeah. that they've went, they've gone to, or they're supporting Black-owned businesses. Okay, well, why haven't you been supporting Black-owned businesses now that this is a huge, yeah, hashtag that some people are using it as? I mean, it's just it's it's a thin line between it. So I do like that it's getting a lot of shine yeah. and a lot of um, awareness and recognition. But I just hope that people are using this as a actual wake up call to actually be make a difference. Yeah, and I definitely agree. I was just talking to someone about this the other day um, and how what you just said, when you highlighted it, you said that organizations are using this as a trend. And I'm going to be honest, I definitely agree with you, but I think way more people are using this as a trend than as a movement. And it's evident, I don't know if you've seen um, on social media, um, there's this thing called Pull Up for Change, and it's challenging people in the beauty industry to account for how much of their leadership is black not people mm -hmm. of color but black how much of their leadership is black and how many people within the organization are black and a lot of people came out and obviously you know a lot of organizations were not didn't have a lot of black people on the board and if they were and if they did have somebody on the board you can only imagine that it was their mm -hmm. diversity person that person's black, mm -hmm. but the whole board is white um, and then a lot of people also came out and said, you know, how they were mistreated and how they were talked about and how they, would, you know, just try to cover that up and different things like this. And for me, I've always, you know, supported black people and black businesses and creators and different things like that. If we're being honest, that's why we started our brand, because we didn't feel represented in just who we are at this point in life. But this made me want to go harder in buying black. This made me want to go harder in supporting people. And, and just really doing my part is so much going on, Erica, that I'm really at this weird place in my life where I am trying to take care of my mental and emotional health, but I'm trying to do my part. Because if I do have children one day and they and I teach them this and they ask me what happened in 2021 and different things like this, like I want to be able to look them in their eyes and tell them that their mom did something. I want them to be able to look them in their eyes and say, I did this, this, and this, and this is yeah. how I contribute. You know, and I do want to touch on that what you said about contributing. Um, for anybody out there that probably feels like me, at first I was like, I felt bad because I wasn't out there on the front lines, like actually marching and um, protesting out there with the crowd. 
thinking that, oh, well, you black, you need to be out mm-hmm. there. You've been you've been mistreated before because of your skin color. You understand you need to be out there. But for anybody that felt bad about that, not doing that, don't ever feel bad about that. Be, there are other ways that you can contribute to the cause. There's other ways that you can make statements without feeling like you have to be out there on the front lines. Because some, like for me personally, my mental health is not going to let me do that. Like, I, it's just not something yeah I, can do. I can't I'm no, not, but I felt bad at first and so there's other ways you can sign petitions yeah. you can donate to some of these movements if you can the ones that you really believe in and all that kind of stuff so just don't feel pressured if you're not out there marching with everyone there's different ways you can support so yeah and I definitely think that everybody has a part to play and everybody has something they can do and contribute it's just I pray that we keep up this momentum and I pray that we keep up this movement and I pray that we keep holding people accountable but I also pray that white people and people that are not black keep having those conversations within their family just because you're not racist that I mean your granny ain't racist your mama ain't racist your cousin them ain't racist and all those people like stopping those conversations and shutting them down being an ally listening if you see something wrong say something use your privilege for good because we both know that if something happens and somebody's white there you're less likely to be impacted because you're with somebody white so i really encourage you if you have privilege to speak up to say something to be an i to be an ally and to educate yourself and if you're gonna talk to one of your friends that's black be very careful about what you say and how you say it because I can tell you right now we're exhausted yeah and we're tired and we have the weight of the world on our shoulders we're fighting COVID we're fighting racism you know if you're a mom you're trying to take care of your children and your man you're trying to work you have all these different things coming at you and it's a hard space to be on so maybe instead of how are you feeling because you know that we're exhausted maybe asking what can I do right how can I help you try to educate yourself and be an ally in that way because we, in order to overcome this, in order for this to be a movement, we all have to work together and we all have to do our part. Like being silent is not an option. You have to speak up and say something. You have to do something. You have to play your part. And if you're not, then right. shame on you. But we right. don't have time for you right now. So I think that's the perfect way for us to get into our first segment of the day. So um, our first segment is dating and relationships, but we're going to switch it up a little bit. So Usually we discuss, obviously, dating, um, but we're going to talk about racial injustice on the front, forefront and how have our relationships changed. So, for instance, has our, it changed the way that we view relationships, either platonic or romantic? Um, has it impaired it in any way? And how are you maintaining relationships now? Um. I definitely think this whole situation has impacted my relationship, but I think that it has um, done it in more of a um, insightful way, if that makes sense. Um, So I'll definitely start out with like romantic relationships. So with everything that's going on in my life right now, if you are playing games, I don't have time for it. If you're going to date me or you're going to leave me alone, if you're going to be intentional or it's nothing, point blank here, I shut somebody down last week. I'm not doing it. I have zero tolerance for, excuse my language, fuckboys right now. I didn't have any tolerance before, if you know me, but I have zero, nada, none. 
Like, I don't have the energy to invest in you if you're not serious and we're not on the same page. So I think this has really pushed me to be intentional with who I give my time and my energy to. And just allow me to be like, hey, you cool, you cute, but this ain't for me. And that's okay. And so I want everybody to, and I say this to say, be aware of who you give your your energy to in romantic relationships. Because if we're not on the same page and being intentional right now with everything that's going on and you trying to play, you're childish. (laughs) And I don't have time for it. So that's the first thing. Um, I think in friendships, um, most of my friends are black, you know, but I think um, in my friendships and with my black friends, um, I think that we're all having to give each other grace. You know what I mean? Um, Because we're all dealing with it in a different way. Um, As for me, some days I wake up and I'm super happy. I'm super pumped. I'm doing all these things. And then like today, I woke up today and I just cried. Like I didn't have the energy. I just couldn't. I just. I just couldn't make myself feel happy. So I think with my black friends, it's just learning to give each other grace and checking on each other and encouraging each other and loving one another and praying for each other. I think for my non-white friends, I think that in the few that I have, I think for them, it's been. And I'm trying to think about this from their point of view. I think it's been really difficult because I don't think they know what to say. You know what I mean? I don't really think they know how to approach you or how to approach you, if that makes sense. But I've been really aware of who has made, you know, the effort to have a conversation with me or who has made the effort to check on me or who has made the effort to speak up and to say something and to educate themselves. You know what I mean? Because that matters to me. Because if you're being silent and you're not saying anything, you're no friend of mine. You cannot, like, you cannot be racist, but if you are not saying anything, you are part of the problem. And for me, I have really been looking at those relationships and looking at how people are moving. And if I don't feel like you are contributing to the movement or doing your piece, then I'm removing myself silently from your life because I don't need those type of people in my life. I think that everybody has something that they should contribute to the movement. And if you're not doing your part because you're scared of what people are saying or you don't know what to say or you're just not doing anything, that's a problem for me. Like, that just doesn't hold up with my character, with my morals, with my values, my beliefs. Like, and I think a lot of people are, you know, afraid, but I think it's better to educate yourself and to have conversations and to ask than to say nothing. I think I totally 100% agree with you. And I think that, because racial injustice is such a heavy thing. First of all, racism is not, you're not born with racism. Racism is taught. So I honestly, yeah, you know, it's going to be hard to think that, oh, racism is just going to go away. It's not. People are going to think what they want to think about you no. and that's it. But in your own personal everyday life, if you have an opportunity to speak with somebody that is of another race, learn each other. Educate yourselves about each other, that type of thing. So for me personally, I've said this before, that in my professional life, I am the black person in the whole entire company, the only black person. And then on top of that, I'm a black woman. So that is a lot on anybody, especially when you're walking into a place where nobody looks like you. You can't really relate to anybody in terms of, you know, culture. So, um, For me, it wasn't as much of an adjustment because I had grew up that way. And so I was kind of like used to it in terms of like, oh, I've been around white people all my life. 
But during this whole Black Lives Matter movement and my relationships that I have professionally or, you know, personally with white people, I realized I had to do some self-reflection on on me. Because when I walked into yeah. uh, work or whatever, I realized, am I watering down my Blackness to maintain these relationships or friendships? Girl. Like, if, if I walk into this meeting, I'm not showing you, I don't, I walk into work with this long, straight, silky wig on or weaving. Ain't nothing wrong with wigs or weave. I'm just saying that why do, why do I feel yeah. like that's how I need to show up to the meeting? Why can't I show you my beautiful, natural, curly hair? Why can't I, why can't I wear it in the afro yeah. look? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what is that within yeah. me? Or maybe it's just subconsciously that I feel like I have to present myself a certain way because I'm the black girl, you know? So I just did some yeah. self-reflection on that. And I was just like, I'm not doing that anymore. Whenever the office is open back up, I'm walking in there and my hair is going to be out. Don't ask to touch it. <laughs> Don't ask no questions. <laughs> go off. I'm going yeah. to go in there with the fro. Okay. But anyway, so with this whole, um, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, I did have a couple of people individually come and reach out to me. And I felt like initially, you know, yeah, Shelby, yeah. if I feel uncomfortable with something, I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say anything. But I was yeah. like, Erica, this is another opportunity for you. You say you want to contribute in some kind of way because you know you're not going to be out there on the front line. So this could be another way that you contribute to a change or changing a mind of someone. So I had a particular one of the people reached out to me and was like, I, I want you to educate me on everything that's going on. And she was saying, have, if I've ever said anything to you that has offended you, I apologize. Like she was just, it was like, she was saying sorry to me. And I, and I was like, is my initial reaction was like, okay, I'm black, you're white, but I don't need you to come to me. Like you feel guilty or shame, you know, because black people, like it's a sad situation, but don't say, say things to me. Like it's out of pity. Like, oh, poor black girl, let me go just talk to her. Like, no. <laughs> like, so instead of me getting offended in that way, I decided to let her know exactly what you touched on, Shelby, is educate someone. If you have the opportunity to be an ally for a person of color and you see them being mistreated, make sure that you speak up and make sure that you take the time to understand the walk that they have to walk and put yourself in their, the other people's shoes. Because honestly, white privilege they don't even know that it's a privilege they think that that's how the world is no that's how the world yeah. is for you you can call the manager and get your way if we call the manager they call them the cops like it's a whole different thing so when i just felt better that the the fact that i responded in a way to say hey this is what you should do if you ever want to feel like you know you're on our side and side note, she yeah. has said things to me that offended me because it was like almost like she's trying to relate to me, but we're two different cultures. Yeah. So, People. I mean, yeah. another person reached out to me um, and was just like, if you ever want to talk, I'm always here. And I'm like, I guess it goes along the lines of what you said, Shelby. They just don't know what to say. And I'm not sure what they should say, honestly. But yeah. But in that moment, it was just like, Go ahead, wow, sorry. out of this whole company, three people came to me to say something. 
and I work probably like a like yeah. twenty five people on a day to day basis. So it's just crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I it has changed the way that I view my professional relationship. Like I said, when I walk in, I'm not watering down my blackness. Yes, I'm a black girl. Yes, this is my culture. Yeah. Like I'm not doing it anymore. So, um, but then romantic relationships, it hasn't really changed um, for me. I guess I just. I do honestly in my relationships with anybody that I'm talking to or even my brother, my dad, my cousins, I ask them, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. How are you doing as a black man right now? Yeah. How do you feel? So just simply asking, how do you feel? And, and having those open dialogues makes a difference. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think you touched on something. You touched on a lot of things and I agree with everything you said, but just kind of piggybacking off what you said. Like, I think, you touched on something that's really, really important that I want to just bring up one more time. Like, like you, I feel like I've had to water down mm-hmm. my blackness, like, all of my life. And I feel like I've gotten digs because I dress well. Oh, you dress well for a nice person. You know what I mean? Or you talk well for a black person. Or you do this and you do this. Like, mm-hmm. why can't I just be intelligent? You know? Why right. can't I just be pretty? Why can't I just be a hard worker? Why do you have to put something onto my, why do you have to right. have a reason or a definition as to why I am like I am? You know what I mean? So I think for me going forward, I've just realized that I'm going to be my, I'm going to be more authentically myself because if I'm being honest, I'm only myself when I'm yep. with my black friends. Yep. Does that make sense? Or when I'm with my family. I had someone comment one time, they saw a picture of me when I was out. And, you know, at work, you know, hair is pulled back, long straight weave, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, or something like that. You know, just put together for the tease. But out, you know, your girl was supposed to get hoochie mama. So, I just be out. You know, pre-COVID, <laughs> y'all. Calm down. And then, <laughs> somebody commented, like, oh, Shelby, you don't dress like that at work. And I just realized that made me, that rung a bell in my head. Like, Shelby, you have watered yourself down so much that somebody almost didn't mm-hmm. recognize you. You know what I mean? And I think that it's made a lot of people uncomfortable. And I think people fall into two categories when they're uncomfortable. Either they're uncomfortable and they don't say anything and they just choose not to care because it does not benefit them or it does not impact them or they're just uncomfortable and they don't really know where to go. But I think that this season, 2020, this new decade, has really made a lot of people uncomfortable. And if we're being honest, I hate to say it, I really do. This needed to happen for people to get uncomfortable, for people to have conversations for me to see what side of the road you on it's black and white for me there's no gray area what are you gonna do what are you gonna say what part are you playing in this you know what I mean and I think that was necessary for 2020 I hate to say it and it really breaks my heart and I have cried I have vented I have punched pillows I have asked God why but I realized that this was necessary because what was happening wasn't working and I've seen people literally yeah. wake up if, if that makes sense I've seen people come to realizations okay like this is really a thing this is really happening I've seen white people recount their white privilege I've seen the white people step up that I really feel that genuinely care and I just feel like if people are being ingenuine and they're not that's not a word if people are not being genuine it's gonna show because you can't fake the funk this is not a trend this is a movement mm-hmm. so time is gonna tell People, we are calling you out now. We are not being quiet. We are not being silent. We are not laying our blackness. You with us or you're against us. If you're not with us, yeah. it's F you. 
sorry y'all about my language on this podcast well, I think- but your girl started it but I just, sorry go ahead no I was just gonna say I just think that even though this is a really sad time in our life like I just keep thinking this is gonna be in history books and I'm gonna have to mm-hmm. teach my children this you know what I mean so I just feel like in all of my relationships and my personal relationships, I'm being way more intentional about who I choose to give my energy to and who I choose to allow to date me and to pursue me. And I think that I was already doing that, but I was given a lot of slack. We ain't given, I ain't given no slack no more. And I think in my friendships, I've just really realized that like, I really do have amazing friends. I've been blessed with amazing friends that cover me, that pray for me, that love me, that check on me. Jordan literally just texted me and said, how are you today? You know what I mean? Just stuff like that. And I'm really grateful for the relationships that I do have. But I will say that it's opened my eyes, like you said, to my relationships personally, to my relationships professionally, and to my platonic relationships. It's just allowed me to look and see how I can contribute to them. But also, are they contributing important to Yes, me? and I think you nailed it when you said um, that this is making people uncomfortable. Because people are not going to be forced to recognize something if they're not brought, if it's not brought to their attention or aware, awareness. So that's why when I was saying earlier, I was like, well, at least these people are reaching out, like they are acknowledging. And I told them that I was like, thank you for acknowledging. But at, in the back of my head, I'm like, I've always been black. This ain't new to me. I've been black. I was yeah. born black. Was in the womb black. Ain't never not gonna be black. Like I'm black. Listen. So I because I've been it's it's kind of crazy how this is almost something of normalcy for black people where you have experienced racial profiling or maybe racial injustice where I go in the store and I'm being followed around because all of a sudden my melanin tells you that I'm about to steal these shoes or I'm driving in my car and I get pulled over for absolutely no reason oh because I have a a car that has dark tint or or whatever or you just assume that something's not right or being questioned about why am I living in this neighborhood and being pulled over by the cops then and just see, living that through, it's almost like that's not normal, but that's stories of experiences that yeah. some white people would be like, yeah, that's crazy. I've never experienced that. Like I always wave at the cops when he comes through the neighborhood. It's like, no, we run. <laughs> like we, It's so crazy how different yeah. experiences are. And so... At the end of the day, I just wish that black people would be more celebrated and not necessarily looked at like, oh, the black the black struggle. Like, of course, acknowledge it, but also celebrate our culture. Everybody loves being black. Everybody loves our culture yeah. till it's actually time to be black. You love our music. You love the way we dress. You Listen. love our hair. You're just so like interested in, in all of our multifaceted yeah. ways of doing things. But when it's time to be black, that's when the real yeah. people stand up you know what I mean so like I just wish that we're more celebrated even with like movies like have you seen um hidden figures that movie that came out about the three oh yeah that's a really good one Pete Henson Octavia Spencer and I think Janelle Monae that were the mathematicians that were behind sending a spaceship to the freaking moon like why didn't we know about that story before that movie came out but we know about us slaves we know about yeah. us, uh, our our history of, you know, being oppressed, you know, which is important to know. But it's like, why is that always the highlight? The black struggle is is this, you know what I mean? Let's celebrate ourselves. And so that's part yeah. of the reason also, Shelby, that we have 
the platform that we have is because we wanted to create these this community or these relationships where we're celebrating each other. Look at what we're doing, you know. So I just had to get that off my chest. Yeah. I know that probably had nothing to do with the topic, but <laughs> no, no, it did. No, it honestly did, and I think what we both highlighted, friend, is that like our feelings. I want everybody to know that however your feeling is valid. How you choose to deal with that is valid. You know what I mean? But also, I just want to add, like, make sure that you're doing things while all this is happening. This is kind of off topic, but make sure you're doing things that are giving you some type of peace, some type of joy. Limit your social media intake. Only look at um, credible sources. Get outside and get some air or sit on your balcony. Call a friend. Send memes. Pray. Sing. Cry. Take a nap. Do whatever you need to do to make sure that your mental health is um is doing well because if I'm being honest this is the first time in a long time that I've even really thought about mental health and it's applied mm-hmm. to me in this sense because everything is so heavy I don't really know how to deal with it like when I went to visit my mom like this is probably childish to some people but I would just walk in the room from feeling so heavy and mm-hmm. be like mama I need a hug can you can you just please give me a hug and I know things are you know heavy and different things like that and I just want to tell you, friend, I'm sure you already know because I tell you all the time, like, I have been praying over you and all of our friends and our family, and I love you, and even though this is just not the most, you know, ideal time, like, I just have to have hope that something is going to get better, like, something is going to improve. It's just, like, being black is weird. It's (laughs) dangerous. (laughs) It's dangerous. But it's lit. And to everybody that wanted to be invited to the cookout, this yes. is the cookout. If you can't go to this cookout, cookout, we don't want you. And you I love that, Shelby. And I love you too, friend. We're going to make it. Like, we are going to make it. We just have to do what we can. Like, we're trying to, you know, say, like, just do what you can. Do your part. And things will get better. They have to. So keeping on with this heavy conversation, these real topics, we're going to move on to our journey segment. So with this whole year actually being so heavy and the recent killings of black people is magnified on a global scale. So how has that impacted us in our brand? Like how are we feeling when it comes to creating content? Um. I think for us, and definitely correct me if I'm wrong, friend, I think for us, I saw a lot of people that were just pushing out content. And yeah. if that's them, that's fine. But for me, and for me and Erica, because I text her, I sent Erica these long memos that probably annoy her, but that's just my personality. <laughs> that's my new thing. Um, These long voice memos. But we pretty much had a discussion on taking a break. And so we took about a week and a half, a two-week break from creating. Because one thing that we both agree on that we never want to do is just to create to create. Um, when I sat back and thought about it, I really feel like this impacted our creating just because a little bit, just because our platform for the most mm-hmm. part is really light. It's really light. It's really encouraging and it's really inspiring. So for me, in taking that break, I had to deal with my emotions and my feelings and my mental health because I was all over the place and I just wasn't feeling hunky-dory to mm-hmm. create like I usually create. But also just trying to sit back and think about how are we going to strategically create content that um, that contributes to the movement. I think what we do contributes to the culture, 
But I guess I had to think about what are we doing that contributes to the movement? Because I just never want to put content out to put content out. And we never just want to create to create. Everything that we do is authentic. Everything that we do is from the heart. Everything we do is something that has our stamp of approval on. And I think for us, we just really had to take a second. We had to take a step back and just allow ourselves to feel. Um, my mama always tells me this. And girl, if I like, I need to get this like on a poster or something. My mom always tells me, you may give up, but don't give, you may give, you may give out, but don't give up. And when we took our break, I really had just kind of given out, you know what I mean? But I kept playing my mom's words, you may give out, but don't give up. And so I said, okay, Shelby, I gave myself a certain amount of time to be sad and to be down and to cry. And I still have episodes. Um, But I also challenged myself when I am in a good mood, okay, Shelby, sit down and create and come up with ideas about how you're going to contribute to the movement because being sad ain't going to contribute to the movement. Being sad isn't going to push your brand forward to inspire, encourage, and motivate people. So um, that's kind of what I would yeah, say. Would um, uh, obviously, the same, along the same lines as you because initially I struggled with, um, of course, trying to come up with a strategy quote-unquote on like how we should address this because part of me was just so Mm -hmm. personally like filled with so much anxiety that I didn't even want to get on social media period so it was very it's hard for me to pull myself together and be like okay you have a brand and obviously part of that responsibility is to address certain things and of course, our brand is catered to people of color. So why wouldn't we say something or do something? But I just felt like if we didn't need to put the pressure on ourselves right then, because this is real life and this is impacting real people. And so I felt like when you, you know, sent your text and said, hey, can we just take a break? I was like, you know what, girl, I'm glad you said it. (laughs) (laughs) I felt that but I was like okay we also still have a responsibility but we never wanted to like Shelby was saying just kind of do something because everybody else is doing it like I kind of mentioned earlier we don't want to just follow a trend because people are just don't want to be the the one brand that looks bad because they haven't been posting all this stuff so it's important to always remember Number one, what your brand stands for and make sure that it comes across authentic, you know, always. So if there's yeah. some, if, if something pops off and you just cannot say something right then, that's okay. But I just felt like in, in times like this, you do have to evaluate how you're going to address something or how you're going to acknowledge something. It's not just like, yeah. oh, let me repost this and then, okay, bye, whatever. Because I did see some influencers, like I saw this on the news, like some influencers were just like posing up at, during protests um, in front Girl. of like businesses that were destroyed, taking their Instagram photos. What is that for? For likes? Like that is not okay. Like, like I was saying, this is not a trend. Yeah. And like you're just trying to get likes for your brand. Like, oh, I'm out here with the people. But it's like, are you really? So that's another important thing too to remember. Like as we're going through this journey, We've always preached, like, stay authentic to who you are and who your brand is. You don't nest just because you ain't at the in the forefront doesn't mean you're not doing something to contribute. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely so, and it is hard for us to create when it's so much emotion, anxiety that's happening with us personally. And that's okay because we run our brand. Nobody else can tell us, like, 
oh, well, y'all all think melanin, but I don't see y'all posting every five minutes. Well, like I said, we are we usually a platform that, that uh creates light, you know what I mean? And it's not so heavy, but when something heavy yeah. happens, we have to kind of find a way to still make it a little easier for people to um, look at. Or otherwise, it, when you're on your own social media, you see social media is so saturated with all this these horrible things. So it's like you do have to take some time to to create something for moments like this. So yeah. Yeah, that's really heavy. Um, So let's keep it moving to our mentor moment segment. So um, this is where Shelby and I have received a listener's letter. um, And then we're going to give our advice on what it says. So the letter reads, hey, Shelby and Erica, I need some advice. With everything that's going on right now, it's overwhelming. Every time I scroll through social media, I see something horrific happening to a black person. I see people arguing online and I see countless violence. I don't feel like I can rely on the news to be truthful. So I get online so I can keep up with what's really going on, but it's too much sometimes. What are ways that I can find balance between being in the know and unplugging? Ooh, I think, I think this was difficult because I feel like we're all there right now. Um, especially I feel like me, like I'm a social media person in general, like I'm usually on social media scrolling, but, um, lately, um, like they said, and like we've been talking about this episode, it's really heavy. Um, I think for me, um, one thing that I had to do is I had to go through and clean Mm -hmm. up my news feed. So I went through and I cleaned up my, all of my social media platforms, just removing people that I felt were ignorant or that weren't for the movement and were I felt like doing it for the gram or doing it for social media first and foremost I just let all of that go but another thing that I did is one thing that I try not to do is I try not to look at my phone first thing in the morning because the first you look at or the first thing you do kind of sets your tone for the day so I try to be more intentional about how I start my day off but I also try to be more intentional about the amount of time that I spend on social media I agree. I think that uh, I think that sometimes the news can misconstrue and not tell a lot of the things that are going on. So I as well get on social media to get the truth, to see what's happening, to see what's going on. But a lot of times you come across a lot of heavy stuff. You know what I mean? There's so much going on right now, like with people being lynched and people being hanged and, you know, just all these different things happening to black people. It's so hard for me to see and to digest and to stomach but if I didn't get on social media I wouldn't know because the news doesn't Mm -hmm. tell you that you know and I do Mm -hmm. that you I do feel that you should be informed but I do feel that if you start to feel overwhelmed or too much or you're sad and you're crying or you come across something that disturbs you delete like get off social media delete your app if you have to for a few hours there's an app called flip that will that will put your apps in jail for a certain amount of time do that if you have to but I think that you have to limit your social media and I think that you have to give yourself certain time periods and then maybe if social media is too heavy maybe try to find a news source or some type of newspaper or some type of news podcast that gives you the information in um, bite-sized information like I like to listen to um, like news podcasts I like I like to listen to the daily um, and I like to listen to um, news with Lester Holt they give me the news in like 30 minutes or less so I think maybe being aware of how you digest your news 
being aware of the amount of time that you digest your news and being aware of where you get it from. And like I said, if you see something that disturbs you, it's okay yeah. to log off. It's okay to call it a day. It's okay to not be on social media like that. It's okay. You don't you don't have to do anything. I agree. Um for my advice, I me personally, uh because since everything has been nothing but you know, the violence and all that, I probably would say I've been online like in a week's time. Like let's say I've been on usually on like a hundred percent of the time. I'm probably on like seven percent of the time now like I just can't do it and so I feel like either if I do get on because I want to see you know okay what's the latest news like I said my news source is Twitter (laughs) because I feel like they're more uh it's more real facts than like you said news sometimes because it's a whole propaganda issue and that's a whole nother podcast for a whole nother day but um I usually go on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. but Twitter can be so overwhelming too because it's just not nonstop scrolling of back to back stuff. So I think that it's a great suggestion to limit yourself on time. For me, I'm like, okay, I'm only gonna get on here for 15 minutes. Then I'm logging off, like some stuff, see where I can, you know, find petitions or whatever information I'm specifically looking for, and then get off. Um, and then I've also turned my notifications yeah. off on Twitter because, well. Yeah, on Twitter because I don't want that stuff popping up every five seconds on my phone because it's so impactful yeah. what you see every day, what you're feeding your mind with impacts your emotions. So for me, I was like, okay, I have to be like, I'm basically antisocial on social media because it's just too much right now. Um, yeah. And it's okay. Like you don't have to feel like you need to be um, in the know all the time about everything like take those days off and it's it's kind of hard because sometimes you don't even it, when it becomes a habit you don't even realize you just picked up your phone and looking at twitter again when you just did that like 10 minutes ago so it's just it takes discipline and it takes once you've had enough you're gonna learn like okay i just can't look at this so i'm just not even gonna look at it today um, so that's what I would say, just to find balance of just timing yourself, like, okay, I'm gonna just look at it for 15 minutes or turn your notifications off. So your phone's not blowing up every hour with new, um, updates or whatever, um, whatever outlet you're using. Yeah. So that would be my suggestion. It is very hard. Um, it's important to know what's going on, but it's more important for you to unplug when you feel overwhelmed and you feel like it's doing something to your mental. So great great advice yeah I agree. on that so if any of you have a question that you want us to answer send us an email at all things melanin tv at gmail.com or slide in our dms at all things melanin underscore underscore so our last segment of the day we'll leave you with words of encouragement yeah So our Bible verse comes from Psalms 22 and 30, and it says, we put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Um, So when I read this Bible verse, I really like this because I feel like it's so dark right now and everything is so heavy, but this Bible verse gives me some light and it gives me some hope. And I think a lot of us obviously are upset because people aren't being held Mm -hmm. accountable. You know what I mean? But if you really just break it down and you look at it, we're more upset because we could we keep putting our hope and our yeah. faith in people. So hope people 
accountable for a system that was never mm-hmm. made for us. While I do feel that we should hold people accountable and we should fight and we should protest, and if y'all got to burn this thing down, you burn it down if you feel like you have to. This is material stuff. But I feel like another thing that we need to do, in addition to protesting and signing petitions and doing our parts and then being allies, is to start putting our faith and hope in God. It's to start going to him more in prayer, asking him what he needs us to do, asking us how he wants us to serve, asking us how we can overcome this. Because I think a part of it is, okay, God, like, what do I need to learn out of the season? What do I need to take in this season? And I think I think another reason we, another thing we need to do is we really got to stop putting our faith in people and in man because they're going to fail us every time. They have failed us for centuries. They have failed us for decades. And in the last 120 days, yeah. they have failed us. You know, like people and different things like that. So I just feel like, you know, just as hard as it is, because I just think we're programmed to put our faith in people and in things. We have to start putting it in God and we have to start trusting him and believing in him because none of this was a surprise to God. He already knew this was going to happen as sad as that to say. You know what I mean? Right. As hard as that is to say. This right. didn't come as a surprise to him. He knew this was going to happen. He knew this was going to occur. But I think what this season is really forcing us to do is to yeah. come to him, to humble ourselves, to pray to him, to seek him, to journal him, to let go of a lot of the things of the world, to let go of people trust and people bondage because people can't save us right now. Only God can save us. That's a great point. Um, I think, um, like you were saying, this is no surprise to him because he is, y'all, when you believe in in God, you know that he is still in control of all things. So because it seems like the world is in turmoil, that is because of man. And so it's like he allows these things to happen, like Shelby just was saying, so that – you turn to him and it's like when you know that he's still in control it he's bigger than COVID-19 he's bigger than racism he's bigger than all of this stuff that's happening and so when you put your hope in him and you believe that it brings a sense of peace over you so and there's a song that uh, I wanted to mention by Jacqueline Carr and it's called it's uh you're bigger and it just talks about It's just basically praising God and just putting your hope in him and just knowing that he's bigger than everything that you're going through right now. And so when you turn your eyes to God and make him your shield, it literally makes everything better in that moment because you are saying, okay, God, I'm not looking at my circumstance. I'm not looking at what's happening in the world. I'm looking at you. So um, just thought I'd mention that song, Fran, if you want to listen to it. I can send it to anybody out there that wants yeah. to listen to it. It's it's a really great song, full of hope. Yeah, I'm about to listen to that. So you want to lead us on in prayer, Pastor? <laughs> let's go ahead and pray this thing on now. Okay, let's see if I can get this right. Heavenly Father, we come to you as a Muslim in Ohio, thanking you for each and every blessing that you bestowed upon us. We pray that in this time, you already know, Lord Jesus, that our hearts are heavy, that we're sad that we're downtrodden, that we're overwhelmed, that we're crying, and that we just feel really heavy, and we really don't have the answers as to how to make it better, how to have progress, how to have accountability. But one thing that we know, Lord Jesus, is that you do. So, Lord Jesus, we pray that in this season, first and foremost, that you would just bless and cover each and every person that has assembled to listen to this podcast. 
cover them, bless them, keep them. Let them know that they matter. Let them know that this is not the end all be all. Let them know that they are more. Let them know that they are matter, that they matter. Let them know that they are loved, Lord Jesus, and that we are going to get through this with your grace, your kindness, and your mercy. Lord Jesus, we come to you and pray for everybody that is on the front lines fighting COVID-19, Lord Jesus, because it's sometimes we forget that that's still going on. We pray that you would bless all of the essential workers. We pray that you would bless the families that are fighting this. We pray that you would bless the people that are putting their lives and their families' lives in danger each and every day to save lives, Lord Jesus. We pray for everybody that, are, that is on the front lines of fighting prejudice and racism and a political system and a police system that was not set up for black people. We pray, Lord Jesus, that people become more aware. We pray that people educate themselves. We pray that people love on one another. We pray that people will give each other grace. We pray, Lord Jesus, that no matter what happens, that people know they are loved and that they are encouraged. For anybody that is fighting depression right now, Lord Jesus, we pray, Lord Jesus, that depression doesn't win and the devil doesn't win. Lord Jesus, we know it's heavy and we don't have the answers to how to overcome depression or how to get through it, but you have the answers on how to overcome depression. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would cover them, that you would keep them, and that you would let them know that they matter, that they are valued, and this is not the end-all be-all. In your name we pray. Amen.